Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. No, I'm glad to. It's for minorities, but white people don't be scared. Asians, Hispanics, you want to come on the show, hit us up. I'll talk to anybody about everything. Like, these niggas is out here fucking these girls and putting it on porn, though. At 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday with a hard on, she gets up and she turns oh on the church and turns the thing on. But I was thinking, that's how I'm going to get some head or something start to think. Oh, Niggas are straight out here raw dicking and choking on her. God has his hand on you. Why are you sitting there? Uh, that was pretty good, man. It just kind of came you on. You can't be squeamish when giving head. I mean, you got a dick in your mouth. Like, how much more gutter can you be? Like, try like, like, pushing the big deal, nigga. Yeah. Period, point blank, just what it is. The reality is. Have you ever cheated on somebody? No. I have. Well, no. I, oh, I never wanted to cheat on anybody. Shit happens, right? I never did. <laughs> so, if we have a little bit more, you know, the people who have a little bit more, then we have a little bit of time to get people who have a little bit less. Yeah. We can't equalize the situation, and one day, you know, regardless of what the government does, we will have systems in place to take care of ourselves. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. So, what up world? This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. Today's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. Your voice, your independence, your platform. So join us as we work to build a listener and podcaster-centric podcast ecosystem by going to www.blogtalkradio.com. This episode is also brought to you by Take Action Apparel and Gear, the brainchild of actor Gabriel Silva, to stand up against bullying through fashion and accessories that let you be you. Uh, Visit and patronize the website by going to www.takeactiongear.com and purchase something to support the cause. So this is... um, Lately, I feel like I've been doing a lot of impromptu uh, podcasts. Today, I have a good friend, Miss Coco, um, has come on to the podcast. And the reason I wanted to do this episode is because so many times we talk about rape and sexuality. And a lot of times on the podcast, I'm talking about things that happen to women, but I'm talking about it to other guys. And other guys can't really, they can talk about it from their perspective. But like the women who actually have went through rape or mental abuse or sexual abuse, you know, they don't really speak out about it. But you were willing to um, come on the podcast today and speak about it. And a little nugget that I want to give people before we get started is me and you actually used to date. Yeah. So when we when I called you and we talked about rape culture, I wanted you to talk about it because you have a different perspective on being in the military Mm -hmm. um, before and working in the medical field and the things that you have to deal with. So what would I guess I would say, what was your first experience with rape culture? I would say my first experience with rape culture was, of course, just like it's sad to say in a black community like a relative yeah. was my first. And um, even though I, I, you know, I had my dad there who was very overprotective of me mm-hmm. and everything else, I still thought it was important to hide it, yeah. you know, um, because I wanted to protect my family, mm-hmm. which now, you know, as I've gotten older, it's the dumbest thing in the world to do yeah. because I was the one that should have been protected. Yeah. Um, and then as I got older, um, you know, I went to predominantly white high school and it was everywhere. Yeah. And it was like, it was okay. Um, a lot of my friends were having sex early, touching, groping, like, and I, I you know, I like to date older guys yeah. and it was just a mess growing up. Did you get swallowed into that culture? Yeah. Um, not realizing that it, it's not okay. So what is it like? Cause you know, when you think, when people think the military with veteran, what is it coming up this weekend? Is it Veterans Day? Yes, Veterans Day is on the 11th, but uh, the parade is today. 
Okay. So being a veteran and when you hear people talk about respect for the service, this whole Colin Kaepernick thing, people kneeling and everything, and people want to have so much or expect people to have so much respect for the service. But I know when we dated, you used to tell me all the time stories, stories about people getting raped and things that you experienced. And it's like, it's almost, well, it ain't even almost, it's swept under the rug. It's swept under the rug a lot. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, because the best way that I can say it is the military is predominantly male. Yeah. And then you get young, naive, you know, young teenage girls out there where, I mean, they just running through them. Yeah. And then they figure out that sex does sell yeah. in the military. So there's always prostitution scandals or they they making their own strip clubs, you know, in the dorms. Yeah. They, I mean, just everything is accepted there because it's, it's on base. Yeah. And then you're dealing with the base police that's sweeping it under the rug. I mean, it's a, it's a culture. What chain of the military were you in? Uh, when I, what do you mean? What chain? Like um, Air Force, Navy. Yeah, Army. I was in the, I was in the Air Force. That's okay. a branch. Okay, branch. Okay, <laughs> that's what branch. See, I, I was in the Air I don't Force. Know anything about anything? Um, but I was uh, stationed with like multiple branches or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know they always say, "Oh, Air Force girls are the prettiest" or whatever, yeah. and and you could wrap a man around your finger like nobody's business, but. And, and kind of get what you want, but it, it came a price. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was a price with it. So did you ever have a, any personal experiences in, in uh, the Air Force where you, I won't say that you were raped, but maybe sexually harassed or? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I was one incident where this man's wife actually came up to, like, see me and see who I was. I didn't know the man was married. Yeah. Um, that a friend of mine introduced him to me <clears throat> and gave him my phone number. She knew he was married, yeah. did not tell me. It, it was a jacked up situation, um, always following me, always calling me, trying to figure out where I lived. And when he did, he would leave like notes on my car, and, and it was crazy. Yeah. So being in the military, now for me, I, you know, I have a lot of friends that are, are veterans, and it's crazy when you think about rape culture. It's crazy when you think about sexuality, especially for men. And in the height of feminist, you know, it's, it's a lot of feminist movements and misogyny mm-hmm. movements where people are making men and women aware of the rape culture that it is happening uh, in America. And I was telling you um, before, I was like, I was even a part of it. Yeah. Now, I have never raped anybody. I've never right. had sex with someone against their will. I mean, my listeners have heard me talk on the podcast before stating that I don't even have sexual conversations with people before I'm actually, you know, before, without the woman right. bringing it up. I mean, going back to me and you, like when we, the first time we had sex, like we met and then we talked for like two or three months. Yeah. And then it was like when the, when the, the topic of sex came up, you initiated it a right. little bit, right. but it was like you basically opened the door through questioning and then it's open. And like I tell people all the time with sex, I'm not going to initiate the conversation, but right. once that motherfucking door comes open, <laughs> I'm definitely in there. I'm in there. So, but one of the things I thought about and I was telling you, it was like, I remember being in the ninth grade and I won't use any names and I still know the girl to this day. And I remember going over to my friend's house. A lot of times in the morning, you would walk to school or walk to your friend's house to, to, you know, go pick them up or walk and say, Hey man, I'm ready. You ready? And I remember going to one of my homeboys' house, um, before school one day and it was like, Hey bro, come in. He was like, Oh girl about to come by. And I was like, who? And he, you know, he said her name. And I was like, what's she coming over here for? Because I knew the girl. I actually lived up the street from this girl. And he was like, you know, she coming by to give me some head. You know, they say she got like the best head. And I had heard that rumor from like sixth grade to like ninth grade. That she, this girl here was like the girl. So the reason I say I was a part of it is because he told me he had a camera in his top drawer. He told me he had another camera on another dresser. And he was like, don't say nothing. Hide in the closet. And I literally hid in the closet when the girl came. I didn't watch the act because that's not me, but it's like I saw parts of it because, you know, it's like through the doors with the the blinders where you can actually Mm -hmm. see through it. I mean, I would have to been in the closet in the corner to not have seen anything. But even then, and I was like, as an adult, you you think if that was my sister, I would want somebody to run out and say, hey, bro, she got a he got a camera in the drawer. Hey, whatever. But it's like like, I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't do that. I didn't do it because I didn't know no better. Like, I knew the shit that he was... And then, not to be funny, when you're in high school and you're that age, you don't think that, is she consenting to this? You don't right. think about consent. And that's why so many people, especially men, get in trouble because... Young men, because they don't know. 
they don't know cons- they don't know what con- they know what consent means but they don't know it in not, in the not sense so of using it. I mean uh you get a definition version of consent yeah. and it's like um this is like working in the medical field we be like okay well you have to consent us to do such and such and such and yeah. they're looking at it and they're signing really they don't even know what they're signing and yeah. I I equate that to to teenagers and children uh well well she said she would yeah. but yeah yeah so the thing about it for me is like I just I've always told people and I've said this to you before I I don't see how people rape people meaning like how do you as a man get yourself so sexually aroused like to have a erection to rape somebody who's fighting against you but as I got older and even watching shows like Law and Order SVU yeah. and stuff like that that's what turns them on yeah you know what I'm saying like the fear in somebody else's eyes the screams the fighting the scratching is what turns them on to rape somebody yeah. now you've been married before and mm-hmm. we're going to kind of tie rape culture all in together with sexual abuse and mental abuse and everything else and you've been married before mm-hmm. and when you were married you married another man who was in the service yeah and you talked about PTSD with him mm-hmm. and you spoke about, you know, certain times where it got physical. Yeah. If you don't mind, tell us about a time where things got physical and how you dealt with that and how you were able to get out. Because as we know, so many people don't know how to get out of abusive relationships. So many people right. don't even speak about it because one, it's embarrassing to them. And then two, if you're with that person, you love that person and you don't want people to look at this person and feel a certain way. So Tell me about a time that you experienced like abuse and how you dealt with that. So it was one particular time because um, in the military, we, we drank a lot. Like I, I drank so much. And yeah. anybody that is familiar with the military, there's very few people that, um, you know, I could drink most men I know on the table. Probably still can yeah. now, <laughs> uh, but I need my liver. But um, we used to drink a lot, and it used to get volatile. And I remember, you know, um, you know, sometimes he would come home, and and for one, he was a cop, so there was always a gun in the house. Yeah. Um, he would come home, and it would just be like, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do, or he would be like, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, and you know, he would hit me. Yeah. Um, now, is this like, because uh, when, when I think about hitting, not to interrupt you, is it like, I mean, are we talking a slap? It, none of it's, yeah, none of it's appropriate you know, or acceptable. He would never like, um, he would never, he's never like closed hand fist me before, yeah. but like me spouting off at the mouth or whatever, yeah. like he would hit me. Yeah. Nosebleeds and different stuff like that. But I would, I mean, my whole thing is, yeah, so if you hit me, you know what's coming behind that. Yeah. So it was almost like tip for tap. Like he knew if he hit me, he had to hit me hard enough to put me down. Yeah. And, and that wasn't good either yeah. because, you know, getting slapped up against the wall or something like that. Um, coming at him with frying pans yeah. and skillets, hot skillets yeah. and frying pans, um, being like drug like trying to run out of the house, being drugged back into the house and just, you know, getting a crap beat out of you. Yeah. But like, who are you going to tell? Yeah. You know, it's funny because a lot of times this is the other side we don't talk about. And it, it's the same thing with rape culture. Cause it's like with rape culture, a lot of times men don't have a say so. And right. what I mean by that is it's so you got to be careful these days because you can have sex consenting sex, apparently with a woman that's maybe inebriated and she right. may be coming on to you right? and you're not inebriated, but you have sex with her and the next morning she could regret that right. and be able to say he raped me. Right. Like how, like what are your thoughts on like that happening? Because a lot of times we try not to victim blame, but a lot so of times men have you, a, a, I'll tell you a, story. a slippery slope. Uh, that I'll tell you a story. It did happen to me. Um, I went to a party and literally, um, you know, and, and it was with my first husband mm-hmm. and this guy saw this girl that he liked um, that was at the party and he tried to spike her drink. Spiked the wrong drink. Um, And of course, you know, I was dating, I wasn't married at the time, but I was dating my husband and I'm thinking, okay, I'm finna go to the bathroom. I'm gonna leave you, idiot, with my drink. Yeah. Thinking it's safe. It's safe, yeah. He wasn't paying attention and the guy who was a friend of his thought, you know, it was the girl's drink that he wanted or whatever. And so I started to feel funny or whatever. I literally woke up the, you know, had never been roofie before. Yeah. I literally woke up the next day like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, where are my clothes? What happened? Like, 
totally lost hours, everything. And it, it's the worst feeling in the world. How do you regain trust like that? I mean, after you've been abused by a man, mentally and physically, because I feel like if a man is putting his hands on you, he has to be verbally abusing you too. That just seems to go hand in hand to me. He was... Um, always apologetic of course or whatever but it was this the sad thing about it was um his friends are the ones that were, were like thought that I was out of control yeah things like you know you know your wife out of control I'll be seeing her at the club because I, I like to dance yeah. I used to like to dance I didn't wear a lot of clothes or whatever um which just, still shouldn't be justified as raping right. her yeah because um, a lot of guys feel like oh she dressed like a, a whatever or you know what they deem a slut or, or a thought behavior yeah or thought nowadays. behavior now yeah um but I did I always like skimpy clothes like little short dresses and and just from my mentality of just growing up you know sex sells and everyone yeah. wants to be sexy as some point you want man attracted to you and young dumb and naive I didn't realize you know my mama will always tell me you know be a lady first think with your brain but you know I was in the military I was young and that didn't always happen and so like his friends would tell him like you know if if you whoop her butt one good time you know she'll stop all that you know she'll stop talking back she'll stop so he actually got that mentality and idea from active duty people you know men that hit their wives yeah now let's go and and don't don't forget that story but i think it's important because a lot of times we hear about black men are the ones who putting their hands on their woman but your first husband was actually he's puerto rican he's yeah okay so um other than that i mean he was he was just he was very loving and y'all connected because you're part puerto rican too right Cuban. Cuban, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we connected, but then, you know, I love for him to go on deployments, but with deployments comes PTSD. Yeah. And then you you have a whole nother aspect of violence to deal with. Like I said, there's always a gun in the house, and then it's like putting a gun in a gun safe because, you know, I've had a gun pulled on me before. Yeah. Um, and a look in somebody's eyes that you love, and, and that person is not is not there. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to figure out how to deal with deal that. With that. And the reason, and <clears throat> excuse me, another reason I wanted to bring you on, excuse me, people, I am recovering from the flu. <clears throat> but I wanted the reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is because your the harassment or the sexual abuse or the rape culture that you dealt with, right? It fucked up our relationship. It did, and it was one of those things that like. I didn't know anything about it until like after the fact and you started telling me things, but it was one of those points to where like, I, and I even told you one time, it was like one time we were having sex and when I was on top of you, like you literally were withdrawn as if I was raping you. Right. And I remember stopping mid stroke and I was like, why are you looking like that? And you was like, it's not you. And right. I was like, but you, you know, when you're having sex, you're engaged and you were so disconnected, but it was funny because the very first time we had had sex, it was crazy. Right. You know, we was in the bed all on the floor and it was like when we actually got into a relationship, you withdrew. Do you, I mean, I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but do you, like what happened in that moment? So the deal that goes along with anybody that's been pro- uh, touched inappropriately yeah. um, and especially if have not dealt with it. Yeah. And I thought that I had dealt with it at that time, but my way of dealing with it was if somebody touched you inappropriately, uh, you go to a different place. Yeah. Like pick a place in your mind, which victims awfully do. Yeah. Pick a place in your mind. I'm not here. This is not happening to me. This I'm anywhere else, but here, but then you have to know what your inappropriate touch is. And, And the sad thing about it is the person that's touching you, doesn't know what that inappropriate touch is. No. Cause I just felt like I was always doing something wrong. And, um, it's easy to have sex with somebody like you was like the first time was like so crazy or whatever. Yeah. It's easy to have sex with somebody that you're not connected with. Yeah. But then when you start connecting to a person and the feelings and everything, and you're like, oh, I like this person. This is another. And then they touch you in a way that somebody else touch you, and it just brings back all these bad memories, memories. And you're like, you blame this person. You're like, you're supposed to love me. Yeah. You're supposed to. And, and how dare he do this? How dare you're supposed to be my he protector? She, yeah, you're supposed to be my protector. And all along, the other person is not knowing. Um, 
And uh, I think after that or whatever, I went, I would say my spiritual counselor is my spiritual grandfather. I went to him and I was like, um, you know, this is not working for me. And he literally, uh, utmost respect for him. He was like, I can't help you there's something wrong with you that you need to go to somebody who specializes in this. But that's big for him to say because yes. so many times in the black community, they tell it's us to go to yeah, church Yeah, they're and like, pray. oh, pray about it. And, and, you he's, need not, more and than he's not one of those type yeah. of people. He's not. You know, he knew my dad. He knew what kind of relationship I had with my dad. He knew uh, just my family and everything. And he was like, it's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like, you, you need more help than what I can provide for you yeah. because... Uh, you will always in a sense be broken and because I respected him so much I took that as the hard I I took it to hard um and he essentially told me you you have to accept your own blame yeah um and I you know I got serious about it um I cried for months about it um and then um I had um I had a rape victim uh, that had been sodomized with a broomstick. Guy and or girl? It was a girl. Because guys can be raped too. People yes, act like no, they I can, know. yeah. But it was her Her boyfriend uh, was into some really kinky stuff and he literally had ripped her rectum and we had to go in and do emergency surgery, take out part of her colon and everything else. And so, and I went to see her afterwards and she looked at me and she was like, well, it wasn't his fault because, you know, he told me it was something he wanted to try. And I was like, what the? With what? a broomstick? Nah. And I thought, I don't want to be her. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't want to be like I have to accept a certain amount of blame. I know that sounds weird that I would say, but it was like, no, like you almost died, you almost bled out, and yeah. it's not okay. Yeah. And um I sought help, you know, and she worked with rape victims, worked with incest, work but she also worked like with the sexual part of yeah. it, um, because I, I wasn't a masturbator and she was like, so how do you know what you like? I was like, well, I don't know. You know, you just kind of lay there and she's like, no, 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 no. That's victim culture. Yeah. Uh, don't be a victim. And I don't think, I don't think women understand that. Like I've been in several relationships and I've been with several women to where it's like when you're having sex, unless you're that guy, like some, sometimes a woman just laying there turns a guy on because they like to be in control all the time. Right. But somebody, somebody like myself, I don't want somebody just laying there because it does feel like you're raping them. Right. It does feel like they're not connected to you. And, and and when she told me, like, when she literally is like, that's victim behavior, Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm not a victim. Yeah. But in actuality, I, I was a victim. Yeah. And you have to get to the point and say, hey, I was, I, I am a victim. Yeah. You don't play the, I don't play the victim role or anything like that, but it made me come to the, the actuality that laying there and just letting somebody hump you mm-hmm. or whatever is not not participating. No, and it, at all. And as a man, it feels bad. You feel bad, like and and for me because this is another thing I wanted to talk about too. Like domestic violence, <clears throat> when you think about it, a lot of times it you changes think, you. Yeah, but you think men. You think men. And sometimes, and, and, and before I even say this, I'm not victim blaming. I'm not putting things on women. But sometimes men are provoked. <clears throat> and what I mean yeah. by that is like women continuously talking when, I won't say when they shouldn't, but when they know that they probably, because men do the same thing. Like right. a man can provoke a woman too. And it's like, sometimes you just got to know when to call when it quits. To shut up. And, and when it, to walk away. Yeah. So that was one thing that, because you told me you used to have a, a mouth yeah, on you. Yeah, I, I did. You never did it with me. I, they, I, I used to have a mouth. And I remember my dad uh, with, with my first husband, he was a truck driver. And he came up there where I was and he was like, hey, learn how to shut your mouth. Yeah. And I was like, daddy, he was like, no, me and your mama. Cause mama got a mouth. I got my, I got my mouth for mama. Yeah. He was like, the best thing she ever did was learn how to close her mouth. And he was like, away. learn how to shut your mouth and walk away. Yeah. And, and he was like, I'm not condoning what he was like. Cause I don't even want to see him. I, yeah. I, I really want to kill him right yeah. now. Yeah. He was like, but I know you and I know your mouth yeah. and your mouth is slick. Yeah. Little girl. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Like, learn how to walk away. 
And I, and I did. I literally had to learn how to, oh, this nigga's upset. Oh, okay. Yeah. You left me alone well, all the time. When I would tell you, I'd be like, hey. I'd be like, okay. Because. Go, go. Check. Hey. <laughs> not today. You I'm don't. Not, yeah. Because you can't, like, you can't have a constructive um, conversation. And then it's like. It was good and bad because I would walk away never to revisit the situation and yeah. just like sweeping under the rug, and that causes problems too. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, I'm finna walk away, and we will, you know, write down whatever it is hell you want to say. We'll reconvene later. And we'll reconvene later because right now, this ain't the time. This is not the time. But you never, and I don't think people people have to understand it because it's like you don't you you don't get to. Man, look here. Like you said, it's not productive to holler. When I see people hollering in relationships and arguing, I'm like. Oh, yeah. You're, it's just a shouting match And it, I used to and, be that and you person you can't You don't hear yeah. You don't It's nothing really productive going on You're just on. trying to get the last word And prove a point That's it And with the shouting And the last word And proving a point That's when A lot of times Hitting happens Because I've punched a hole in the wall Yeah With the Uh you're gonna listen to me type deal yeah. and I remember when we were moving out and the lady was like are you okay you know the hole is in the wall I was like ma'am I punched a hole in the wall yeah. I, and, and I remember choking a girl too because yeah. wait choking somebody yeah he had <clears throat> I specifically told him and that's just say violence Violence changes a person yeah. men and women because me and him have fought so much that I just it was okay to hit. Yeah. And it's never okay it's to never hit. It's never okay, yeah. And as a woman, I, and I tell people all the time, you know, I, one of my closest friends, her husband hit her, and I was like, you're a nagging ass heifer. And she was yeah. like, what? I'm like, because I'm your sister, I can tell you. Yeah. You get behind that man, and you be like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, and I was like, and he turned around and knocked the hell out of you. I know he did. Yeah. Because he like my brother, and I know him. He can only take so much and, of your But like you mouth. said, because, you know, we got to do this, because being on the podcast and everybody hearing it, nobody's condoning this. No, nobody's but condoning there are it. actions, and there are reactions. And I think so many times, women don't get, and I, I don't like using the word blame, women don't get held accountable for their actions leading yeah. up to it. So let's just say it's two guys. Yeah. Let's just say it's two guys. If a dude and, and or two guys or two girls, the guy or the girl keep nagging at the other one or talking cash shit to the other one. And you're going to say, if a well, woman you provoked. You provoked him. Right. And it's okay to say that when it's a woman doing right. it. <laughs> or a man. But if it's a man hitting a woman, it's like, okay. And I still say it's not right. But it's like, you got to know when to fall back because everybody has a breaking point and a boiling point. Yeah. And that was, um, even with counseling, that was one thing I had to learn about um, my triggers. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being in a recent relationship, I was like, yeah, so um, you don't want none. Yeah. Like, like you you don't want none. I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of you. Don't yeah. go up at me. Yeah. That's not what you want because... I've been to counseling. I know what my triggers are. Yeah. And I would rather And y'all just... Latin motherfuckers are crazy. Uh-huh. Latin people are crazy. <laughs> Any kind of Cuban, Puerto Rican, Hispanic. I'm like... Y'all gotta you, look crazy. Like, you don't, you don't want none. And, um, you know, I, I, I tell people... I know this makes me sound crazy. I tell people all the time, you know, I stabbed my first husband twice. Like, you don't want any. Yeah, you um, told me that after we had already been <laughs> And people... And I was like, I, I don't say it as a joke or yeah, anything. no, no, you don't. Um... But to let you know, that person is always there. I told testimony in church one time because it was somebody messing with me. Uh, and she, you know, she called herself a prophetess and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, so, yeah, God saved me, but he didn't deliver me for everything. And, and fighting is one of them. Yeah. And everybody in church just kind of turned around. And uh, I was doing pray, I was doing praise and worship. Uh, Sunday morning and uh, she had she had quite a bit it was to the point where you know my mom mm -hmm. my mom almost fought this lady like my mom almost fought her uh, <laughs> and it was it, it was ridiculous and they were like I can't believe you say that and I said you know sometimes you just have to let people know like look like when you were kids just draw the line in the sand if yeah. you want to cross it just know this butt whooping is on the other side That's of this line. like no questions asked yeah. just step over it and we good yeah but yeah, like I, I let people know I have triggers. So how have you gotten back on the? Uh, I really feel like I'm sounding like a counselor. I got this pen in my hand and this pad. <laughs> but how do you feel like you got back onto the road of like just 
being a better person? Knowing me, knowing, um, taking my life experiences, knowing that it's not my fault, um, and letting it make me, you know? Um, And when I say make me, like, some women are ashamed of what they've been through. um, But I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I think it's made me a better person out of everything. I'm glad I went through being broken. Because I feel like I'm a better person. Um, I can express myself verbally now yeah. um, in any situation it's okay for me to get angry at one point I, was, <clears throat> I just wouldn't get angry I would explode yeah. uh, now I just you know I just say what the hell I have to say and I think it's beneficial I think it's so crazy how a lot of times we get things from my from our upbringing I remember I, I don't have a lot of memories of my dad but it's very important for me to not be a person who engages in domestic violence it's right. very important to me to not be that guy that puts his hands on women because I grew up. Because it's not okay. And I, and I grew in, up seeing my dad culture. do it. And, and I, I think I've told you this before, and I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast, but three things that I remember vaguely about my dad. These are three negative things. First of all, let me start with the good things. Let's, let's make a let's make a complimentary sandwich. Okay. You know, I don't want to just shit on him. Now, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really talk to my dad, but right. the good memories I have about my dad was like my mom, we would go to the grocery store. My mom would go in and go grocery shopping and we would sit in the car and my dad would play these games to where he would hum a song and me and my brother would have to guess it. Right. So he'd be like, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 right. And you know that's Fred yeah, Sanford. Fred you know what I'm saying? So we would do stuff like that. I remember him taking us to Dairy Queen, getting uh <clears throat> you get the vanilla ice cream cone and they dip it in the fudge and by the oh, time you turn yeah. it up it <clears throat> those are the two things I remember. And then I remember a lot of broken promises. And then I remember the thing that stuck with me, which made me be like, I I never want to be a part of uh domestic violence or uh, you know, is <clears throat> excuse me, is I remember hearing him get into it by mom. And I remember cracking the door and seeing him <clears throat> have a knife to my mom's throat. Hmm. I remember him, it being a house full of people. We had a get together and everybody was clearing out. I'm about to take a break and blow my nose. And we took a, uh, I took a break, but I remember him coming out. Everybody was getting ready to leave and him and my mom was arguing and he came out and he had my mom. He was holding her in her arms like when you cross a threshold. Um, <clears throat> but it was a stairway. Yeah. And their bedroom was like up some stairs. <clears throat> and he literally walked out. And nobody knew they were fighting until he walked out holding her. And he just dropped her down the stairs. And I remember seeing my mom roll down the stairs. Eight years old. I can't do shit. I can't beat my dad no. up. I remember another time hearing stuff being tossed around in the room. And... Me and my brother was there and we opened the door and he had his forearm under her neck up on the wall. Yeah. And me trying to fight him, my brother grabbing me like you can't do anything. Right. But these are behaviors that I don't think people understand rubs off on people. It does. My brother has this anger. I have this anger. I I remember my mom telling us one time when my dad wanted, he was, I don't know what they were arguing for, but she was like, I literally saw your father rip a toilet out of the floor. Yeah. Which means you had to have been so mad or some kind of superhuman. It's a toilet in here. I, I'm a pretty strong guy. I go pull on that toilet. I could probably just, I probably, it'll probably be loosened, but to take it out of the floor. That's how much rage and aggression that people, people have. People have. So yeah. it's so important that when somebody says, leave me alone, or if you're talking or you're having an argument, somebody has to have the common sense to, to walk, walk away, away. Mm-hmm. because somebody can get hurt, whether it's the woman stabbing the man yep. or the man hitting or pushing on the woman. And like, and none of it is okay. It's, not, it's okay. not okay for a man to provoke a woman. It's not okay for a woman to provoke a man. And it's not okay for a woman, uh, anybody to put their hands on anybody. Nope. And the hardest part is hearing people say it's okay or you didn't do it. No. It's wrong. It's wrong. And you need to figure out what, what it's domestic violence is two parts Yeah. because the person that is putting their hands on you, be it male or female, you need to figure out what your trigger is. That's making that happen. Exactly. And the person that is causing the trigger. Yeah. I mean, some women and men are in domestic violence where they just walk in the door and they didn't have a bad day and, and, and your wife or your husband go off on you because I, I have had a male friend that yeah. was in domestic violence and um 
you know, she's broken fingers and giving him black eyes and different stuff. And yeah. I'm like, that's not okay. No, Just not. because she had a bad day. It's not okay. Yeah. Uh, and he would call me. He was like, what am I supposed to do? Call the police because they're going to arrest me thinking I did something to her. Yeah. So it's a lot of men out there, yeah. too. And it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. But you need to figure out if you're nagging or you're you're causing something. Mm-hmm. And if you're not causing anything, get your crap together and leave. Because at yeah. the end of the day, the only thing that's going to happen, what caused me to leave and get back to that question, I had started thinking in my marriage I, I'll be out of jail by the time I'm 30. Yeah. That's what made me leave yeah. because I wasn't 30. And the fact that it had gotten to the point where I was contemplating, either he's going to kill me or I'm going to kill him. Yeah. It was time to go. It's time to get out. And I, I remember calling my dad and I was like, daddy, when you get here, just bail me out of jail yeah. because I had made it to that point. And he said, when I get there, you'll have all your stuff together because you finna go yeah. because it, it was, Literally, I, by that time, I had already stabbed him twice. Yeah. And it was like, he literally told me, he was like, if you stab me again, I'll kill you. And I knew he meant it. Yeah. And it was it was that volatile. And I thank God that, and I told him, I said, hey, I'm leaving because I can't do this. And this happened, we separated, we, we stayed married for like five over five years. Yeah. But we could not be in a house with each other. We separated after the first year of marriage. All of this happened in one, one year. year. All right. So we're going to talk about how to vet people before you get married. Um, we're going to take a quick a quick little break. I need to uh, get rid of some of this snot and get me a, a throat lozenger. And uh, we'll be right back again. You listen to The Reality is Where Future Becomes Extinct. Oh. violence you experienced the uh the harassment have you well now i don't know i i don't want to i don't want to say this and be lying you've never been raped though i have you have i have okay <clears throat> if you don't mind because mm-hmm. i think <clears throat> i took a break to get past this and it's still here <laughs> what was that experience like and how did you get past that um it was it, it, it was you it was the most worthless feeling in the world mm-hmm. um did you know this person like was it close to was it a boyfriend I, or I, I knew I knew this person um <clears throat> I did I knew this person um so this is it's happened twice to me in my life or whatever mm-hmm. um and I, and I knew both people um and the, the sad thing was the second person that raped me was my first my first husband and it's crazy because a lot of people excuse me for smacking in you guys zero I'd be coughing worse than this but the funny thing about that is statistics show yeah and they always say that the person that rapes you is somebody you know and somebody that you trust. It was, it was, uh, and people are like, and people think, what? how did you raise, how can your husband rape you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because you're married doesn't mean it's consensual. Um, and to come in and it's like somebody's dragging you up the hallway or whatever to just be on top of you. And you got, like, I had bruises. I had, it, it, it was, and you're like, this is this is not my life. Yeah. You know, this is not my <clears throat> life. But, you know, at the time it was. It's so crazy because <clears throat> it's only one instance in my life that I felt like I was a part of domestic violence. And I didn't leave bruises. I didn't punch, hit, or none of that. Right. But just the physicality of it in the moment that it happened, I cried for days after. And I cried for days after because I was like, this is not. Who the fuck? I, now, mind you, again, <clears throat> didn't put my didn't didn't choke, yeah. didn't 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 no pressure, mm-hmm. no slapping, no brute. But the, even the chest to chest and the bumps yeah. that happened between that, 
I cried days after because I was like, this is not who this I am and are. this is not who I want to fucking be. And I saw my dad right. do these things. And so many people are scared to talk about these things. I've talked to guys who told me personally, they've hit a girl. Um, shout out to the homie, you know, Joseph on a couple of episodes back. He talked about being in a car one day and riding around with this girl and the girl got mad at him because of something. I can't remember. And she started hitting him in the car, scratching him, pulling on the steering wheel. And he was like, before I knew it, I was, pop, pop, he was hitting her. Yeah, that's that's a woman that don't love her own life. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so he was no. like, I had. To, he was like, I felt like I was trying to save myself, but I was also protecting myself. But it's like in instances like that, a lot of people be like, you still shouldn't hit a woman. But it's like when somebody bowing up at you and bumping into you and talking yeah. shit and just like, I mean, what do you do? You can walk away. You have to, um, you know, you have to get in a situation to where you can get away. Yeah. Like you have to separate physically um, from it because yeah. it's, is, well, you know, we always say fire. You have to have the source. Yeah. You have to have, um, you have to have the source. You have to have the ignition. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And you have to have the oxygen. Yeah. If you separate, if you take any of those three away from it, you don't have a fire. Yeah. And that's kind of like how I look at an explosive no, repeat, situation. Repeat that again, because that's good. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> that may be, I'm trying to get a name for the podcast. That's great. Go, go <laughs> Well, no, I was saying uh, anytime uh, we teach for you to have fire, you have to have three sources, basically. And uh, and that's the ignition, what sparks it, the, the source, what's flammable, and the oxygen. If those three things don't come together, you don't have fire. Yeah. So I look at it the way I approach, even in my new relationship, I'm fire. Yeah. And if I see the ignition coming, I walk away. Um, so I, I don't bring life, which is oxygen, to mm -hmm. the situation mm -hmm. so that there's nothing to burn. That's fucking crazy. That's amazing. That's it, a and great that analogy. that is literally how I, um, and it's nothing that no one ever told me or anything, mm -hmm. but that's how I had to look at myself and know what my triggers were. And that was the one most important thing about counseling. Mm -hmm. um, you got to be honest with yourself and figure it out. Yeah. And just life experiences. I was teaching a class yeah. in the hospital and I'm like oh yeah yeah you without those three things yeah. you're not gonna have anything combustible so how is it too now <clears throat> you worked <clears throat> when I met you you were working at a plastic surgery surgery mm -hmm. uh facility yeah and how is it working around a lot of people and doctors who are all about looks and all about yeah this and that doctors are very aggressive some of them can be really aggressive um and they're stuck on image. They're stuck on, and and you, I, I don't wear makeup yeah. to work. I like I love makeup, love to dress up, but I don't wear makeup to work. Um, I I go in with the baggy scrubs on, mm -hmm. with the just to kind of like I hate to say downplay, yeah. but <coughs> you have to. I'll go off if somebody touch me. Yeah. At work, yeah. and it and it has happened yeah. to where guys have tried to uh, get you in a corner, or or, or a doctor be like, "Oh, let me talk to you," and and want to touch you or different stuff like that. And and I, I you know, I tell them, "Right, you, I'm not the one." Yeah, I don't laugh about it. I don't joke <laughs> about it. I'm very stern about it, and I say, "Hey, it's not what you want." Because yeah. at the end of the day, uh, I'm fighting my way out of this corner. Like yeah. you, you'll have to kill me. I'm going to fight my way out. So before we wrap it up, with everything that you've been through, how did you get back to a point of being a whole person? Because I ran into you after us dating. We didn't talk for years. Right. And then you got married again. Mm -hmm. And when I met you again, I was like, there's something different about you. It's, it's a different, it, it was a refreshing, fresh air about you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I wondered how did she get to this point <clears throat> after me knowing who you used to be because right. <clears throat> you weren't healed or repaired no. when we were dating, uh -uh. which is why it burned out. It fizzled out quick. Right. So how did you get to this point now where you feel like you've come to a whole person at how old are you? A 30-something. You don't even look like that. You, you could say you don't even look it because when I first met you, I thought you was 20-something. Because you're, you're like three or four years older than me. Right. So when it happened, you know, and, and and for me, even when we first met, I was like, man, this is a cool person. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I remember when I first met you and I saw you and I was like, 
first of all, I saw what you drove. And then you told me where you were at, where you lived at. <laughs> and then right. I was like, this girl is so out of my fucking league. I won't even make a 50 grand a year at that time. And then get to, I will get back on the point. But I remember going, you taking me to a party. And you was like, hey, let's drive your car. And I was like, why we won't drive? You got the Benz. Why we can't drive the Benz over there? Because you was taking me to, you know, your doctor's friends. We'll yeah. get together. So we was over in Preston Hollow. Mm -hmm. For anybody who know, doesn't know the Dallas area, it's any kind of ritzy, like, upper echelon yeah. area in Dallas. And when we went over there, you was like, let's drive the Honda. And I had my 03 Honda Accord. And I'm like, so you want me to drive this piece of shit? And we pull up around the corner. And it was like Maseratis and Mercedes yep. and Lamborghinis. And I'm like, I parked my shit so far around the corner. And I was like, but I, I wasn't ashamed of you yeah. or or what you drove and yeah. I like introduced you it's like yeah yeah come on yeah. this is him yeah. and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> you were yeah. like I'm ready to go yeah so uh, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I fit I was I like at that point in time I was like the I was a, still a street nigga at that time you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I was, I was still like rough I, around I, the motherfucking like, edges. I know at that you point. told me afterwards. You was like, I felt so out of place. I was yeah. like, seriously? That wasn't no place for me. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> but where I'm from, we don't fuck with white people like that. I, and it, <laughs> it was only like what four or five black people, and, and they wasn't black. And yeah, they were black, but they wasn't black. And black people know what the fuck that means. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 yeah. yeah. This is this is my boyfriend, yeah. and you were like, yeah. Nah, this it, shit ain't for me. Everything was paid for, yeah. alcohol. And see, catered. I definitely wasn't used to that because you know we walked in and I'm like, okay, it was basically like two fucking houses connected with a pool in the middle. Yeah, motherfuckers in the pool drinking my ties and shit, and I'm like, and I'm asking you, can we eat this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, everything you can have anything yeah. you want. Like, so I can you get want. this liquor, I can drink this scotch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it was like aged scotch and like, yeah. and I was like, no, anything that you want, no, I you can to. have it. Like, used to that shit. No, no big deal. And you look at me like, we finna get arrested. Yeah, this ain't where we supposed to be at. We don't belong here. But it, it was crazy because you did help expose me to some things. But in, in seeing you at that point in time, I didn't know the issues that lied within. Yeah. So I'm bringing it full circle before mm -hmm. we get out of here. How did you get to this place of peace to where, not to be funny, <clears throat> Now, you're better off than you were then. Yeah. Financially, you're better. And and but the, but the funny thing about it was when I met you then, you were driving the Mercedes Benzes and all of that shit. And it's like now, you're more humbled. Yeah. Like you still have a nice ride, but it's like you definitely came out of that level. And you look at things differently. So, yeah. for people who are trying to get past this point and get to a point of healing and to a point of not being materialistic, to yeah. get to a point of not being worried about what other people think and letting their past hinder them how did you get here so the one thing that i did um like i said my spiritual grandfather was like hey you broke yeah um and i took that to heart so realizing first that you are broke yeah that i that that i was broken and um you know just like any black woman yeah uh i went to the church and I realized. So you're Cuban and black. So people, because people probably heard Cuban and you know. Yeah. But it's, and that's crazy that you being Cuban and black, you identify with black. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I do. Uh, and then people are like, well, what do you mix with? My mom and daddy. Yeah. Back off. Um, I, but I went to the church. I went to a black church, and um, I realized the church is broken. Couldn't fix me. Yeah. Um, and religion is broke, and I stopped being religious. Yeah. And figured out to be spiritual was better. Um, and I took a step back from everything that I had learned about, um, oh, if you if you this or whatever, you know, you shouldn't carry yourself this way. You shouldn't carry yourself that way. You shouldn't be this. You shouldn't be that. Yeah. And I got tired of all the things that I wasn't supposed to be that yeah. was not making me happy. Yeah. Um, figured out that I was broken um, and figured out, okay, anything that's broken can be fixed. Like, I was not a lost cause. And I think some people feel like, man, that they're a lost cause. And I think that's why suicide comes a lot or whatever. And I did have a lot of suicidal thoughts or whatever. And you battled depression and got past and that as well. I did. I battled depression and I got on medication. That's something that black people don't like to do. I got on medication. And I even when my friend was battling depression, uh, I was like, yeah, girl, so you need you some meds. Yeah. She was like, I'm not getting strong. I was like, no, you you need something. Yeah. 
to balance, to balance you out and mellow you out. So I did. I I had a really good doctor. I got on medication, uh, and I fought my own demons mm-hmm. and realized it's okay. Yeah, it's okay if I want to masturbate. It's okay if I want to I sleep keep with my somebody. Hands in my pants. Do it. I keep my hands in my pants. <laughs> um, but I had to figure out how to do that. Yeah. You know, um, one of my guy friends was like, hey, man, come on, let me take you to the sex shop. Yeah. And I was like, what? And he was like, no, for real. Yeah. Not, like, not trying to be funny. Because um, when we were together, I bought you like five outfits. You wore one. Right. Because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Exactly. I learned how to be comfortable in my own skin. <clears throat> Love walking around naked now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the sad thing is, you know, my baby, that I, she's like naked all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really going to have to teach you how to wear clothes one yeah. day. Like a pull-up in socks, that's it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. But <laughs> knowing that I don't have the perfect body, I don't try to. I like being naked. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I like touching myself. It's okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm surprised you're even saying this on here because this is, it, not, it, it's this like, is it's, not who you used to be. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's okay to it, it's okay to watch. But porn. you bounce back though. It's now okay. you said no. Let me let me let me let me give you some shine. I always you know not to be funny. And like, your materialistic thing is yeah. not always like I don't have to have the best whatever whatever yeah. whatever, but. At the end of the day, like But people, you had a stroke and you bounced back. Right. But you you have to have that fight on the inside of you. You have to have that fight. <clears throat> yeah. Cause that was a crazy thing. I remember um hearing about your stroke and yeah. being I know when I met you <clears throat> being like model size. Yeah. And then I saw the pictures and I was like, damn, you like no offense, you know, and you know, I can talk to you about this, but you had got as big as Monique. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And then now again, you're back down to that size. Yeah. How the, and that's crazy because it's like people struggle with weight every day. And I remember seeing that and I was like, you had a stroke and that's, excuse me, but that's how important it is for people to really, you said that changed you. (laughs) And helped you get back on track. Cause you had two, right? Yeah. I had two. And you're not even 40 years old. No. I had two and I was in a wheelchair and it was like, it, it was one of those, the second is like, so you could have died. Yeah. Um, and I have a spot on my brain that, you know, brain matter does not grow back. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't regenerate. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, I'm better than this. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I can be better than <laughs> this. And this is, not my life and you have to have a lot of uh fight because i had to learn how to walk again talk again drive again i had to learn how to do a lot of stuff again and you fucking did it and i was like and when i started doing that stuff i was like okay i'm fat these clothes (laughs) (laughs) this is not working for me yeah um and I, you know, I work my butt off. And and it's crazy because you, I, I, I know you, and I could tell you were ashamed. And shout out to you because two years ago when we did, <clears throat> me and Artiza did our first uh, back, not backpacks and haircuts, but what, you donated the toys, the toys for tots. I did. And I remember you reaching out to me and you was like, "Hey, I know we haven't talked in a while. I see what you've been doing." Right. And you was like, "I want to give you something." And I remember coming over and, and I want to thank you again, but you gave like a gang of toys. Yeah. But I knew you weren't yourself because when I came to your mom's house you didn't come past the stairway. Like you kind of peeked your head around and you right. were like, Hey, thanks for coming by. Blah, blah. And I wanted to talk to you and your mom was like, she's not ready to be seen. And I was like, I understand that. I understand. Well, because I was still on a walker. Yeah. So standing up was hard. I couldn't really focus my eyes enough to see. Yeah. Uh, cause I had lost the muscle, uh, the ability to control the muscle in my eyes. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, it was hard. Yeah, it, it was you really are hard. Fu- I mean, you're a walking miracle, though, man. Like, talk your shit. <laughs> but no, it it was it it was hard. Yeah. to go from being on 13 medications, 13, 14 medications, just to make it through the day. I had a bag of medications. Yeah. I always had to have food and different stuff with me. So like now, I maybe take like two or three things. Only when things uh, affect me or whatever, yeah. because I'm like, I'm not living my life like this. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna be stuck in a wheelchair. I'm not gonna be. I worked with some of the best surgeons in the Metroplex, yeah. and you best believe I was like, hey, I need y'all's help, yeah. and um, didn't charge me. Came to my rescue, did a whole lot of things uh, for me. I know that other people don't really have that, but yeah. I used what I did to my advantage, yeah. and I fought like. I, when I was in the hospital and they were like, we don't know if she gonna 
walk again yeah. because all the tests that they were doing on my right side was yeah. responding. Like I had no nerve mobility. I had nothing. Yeah. And I, I just kept, that's why I said you had to lose religion. And I was like, all right, God, it's me and you. What are we finna do? Yeah. Like if I'm going to be in this wheelchair, so I'm going to have to do something with my life. Yeah. Like I, I just cannot do this. Um, you know, and it's like, you're not going to be in this wheelchair. And so, you know, I, I just made up in my mind that I'm going to walk. And that's why I tell people, when you once you make it up in your mind that you're going to do something, you like you're really going to do something yeah. against all odds, especially when people are telling you, yeah, so this side ain't working. We don't know. Yeah. Um, you may never focus your eyes again. And I'm yeah. like, Psh, man, I'm too cute for this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, I can't be walking around looking like I this. <laughs> like, so I got to be. And I remember my cousin, she was like, I'm going to need you to do something with them eyes. I was like, man, I'm trying, man, every day. Yeah. Uh, she's like, yeah, because I don't know if you looking at me or who the hell you talking to. Yeah. And that's family. And I was like, I know, right? Yeah. I'm looking all over everywhere like, bitch, what the what are you looking like, yeah. at? But it's crazy to get to, to, to get to this point because it's like I say, knowing who you are and knowing who you were and knowing where you've gotten you to. You have to go back and find that person that was raped and molested and whatever, even if somebody didn't penetrate you, but just touched you inappropriate, yeah. you got to go back and find that person and you have to make amends with that person. Yeah. So what if that person is dead though? No, 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 no. That person, you are that person. Oh, you, oh. Sometimes men and women never make amends with the person that it happened to. And yeah. you have to realize you're not that person anymore. Yeah. You are not the one that was victimized. You were not the one that was raped. You are not. That person is broken. Yeah. Even though that person is a part of you, you have to go back. You can't leave that person behind. Yeah. You have to go back and find that person, incorporate them into your life because you'll never know what your triggers are. Yeah. You will repeat your past. You're blessing somebody right now because I'm sitting there thinking, I ain't even went through this shit, but if I do, I already have the, uh, the you, tools to, you to have get to past it. Like, go back, find that person, revisit the situation, and say, hey, you know what? It really wasn't my fault. Yeah. And I'm okay. I'm okay with what happened to me yeah. because people write history books because history repeats itself. Yeah. The Bible is nothing but a history book. Yeah. If you don't bring your past and your history with you, it will repeat itself. Yeah. Women say, and men say, I feel like I'm dating the same person all over again. You know, I keep getting in the same situation. What does your history say about you? Yeah. Did you go, did you leave your history behind? No. Look at the qualities of the people that you've dated. Look at the qualities. And sometimes we miss it. Yeah. Sometimes we do miss it. Yes, we do. But. And I'm guilty of that. You go back and you, you find that you look at your history and be like, Hey, this is not who I am. I'm taking you with me so that I don't repeat this so that I'm not a victim. So that I do, man, when people, when guys walk up behind me, I feel like they walking too close. I turn all the way around and I look them in their face because I want you to know, Hey, I see you. And if you do anything to me, I see you. I want you to know that I see you. And for the people who don't know what's going on, episode 149, I told the story about a friend who had been groped and Donald Trump. Yeah. You are that person. I am that person. Um, and the sad thing was, um, like on two separate occasions, because, uh, one guy left a bruise yeah. on me trying to get my attention. Yeah. And the other guy, like, he, like, had a girlfriend and was like, oh, it's okay, or whatever. And I was like, no, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even be like, nigga, got my face. And I was like, no, you know, I'm cool or whatever. You know, I'm straight. I'm good. And, like, he straight grabbed me in the crotch. And I was like, what the? Yeah. Like, seriously? And, you know, Trump some other guys came to, my, uh, came to my defense or whatever. And uh, it was cool. I'm glad that they came to my offense because, you know, chivalry's not dead. You know, I'm, I'm old-fashioned. I like uh, I like X, Y, Z to be done. I don't like chivalry to be dead. I'm one of those women. I'm I'm, I'm a, a homemaker to my heart or whatever. So, but, yeah, it, it it's crazy out there, like the new behavior that's okay. Yeah. Um, There's this new generation of kids going to have it worse because – you got girls out here sucking dick for nothing. Yeah. Like, and allowing men to do whatever. And they don't even feel like it's wrong. It's basically like a lot of rape culture and a lot of uh, harassment culture is happening right now. And people are not even aware of it. 
Right. And it's fucking dangerous. And, and it's young, and, and a lot of it is young girls that think that it's it's okay, it's okay for you know for me to give head to him and his friend and videotape it and this is that and the other. It's okay to have sex in a hotel for this. I'm like, right, for, for what? Yeah. If you gonna be a hoe, if you just want that slut walk, if you wanna be. You know, just a little thoughtish behavior. Find one, find one person that and you be can, a hoe for. and you can explore that with because the sex that way is so much better. Is you'll get so much more. Yeah. Out of having a connection with somebody, Ooh. and I learned that too. That's why I was like, it's hard for me to just be out running amok because it's right. like I have to be. I gotta have some kind of connection mm. for me to do that. You know, and and I yeah yeah I get yeah I get pussy thrown all the time. But it's about a connection. It is. But when I say find one person, when you're exploring that person and that person's exploring you, uh, you can kind of figure out, ooh, I didn't like that. Oh, I like that. Oh, and then it's not always a teaching manual. And then you can just, both of y'all can jump right into it. Yeah. And it's, it's okay like, to use teeth and fingers and tongues. And it, yeah, like you, you it's okay to bring toys to the bedroom. Yes, it is. Because if you're trying to plug every hole and it's just you and him, you, you, you're not going to, you're not going to get everything done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you need to bring some stuff. Uh, and that's okay. Well, we don't reach the hour, man. I appreciate you for for coming through and doing the podcast. I appreciate you for being honest cuz I know you. And back in the day you wouldn't have done yeah, none of this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh I got nothing to hide. It's a process. Not it's a process. It well, is. we ain't gonna, we can't tell you where to find that because you know this is a personal conversation that yeah. is public. But her name shall remain nameless. But I want to say thank you for coming out. Um, also, be sure to keep up with all things the reality is by going to www.therealityis.com. Also, follow us at the reality is on Twitter, Instagram, Anchor, Facebook. You can listen to previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Player.fm, Listen Notes, and more. If you would like to be a guest on our show or you would like us to answer one of your questions from our perspective be sure to email us at info at the reality is.com that's t-h-a the reality is.com or call and leave a message at 469-351-9681 and we'll be sure to answer that question on the upcoming episodes if you have been leaving messages and i have not put them out i've been crazy fucking busy but definitely will be there we got a lot of things coming up um i will be in dc this weekend um, heading out to connect with the homie Jason Gray at an event, um, a podcasting event out in D.C. So I'll try to get some video of that and some follow on Instagram. And um, I'm going to try to get back on the reality of Snapchat. On December 2nd, I will be in uh, New York doing some TV recording with a TV series out there that's coming up. Um, on D- on December 16th, we'll be in Chicago with uh, the reality is and Republican company Martin Trivia Live out in Chicago. On January 5th of 2018, we'll be in Houston. Houston and we'll be working on doing the Martin trivia out there and we'll keep you guys posted as all of this stuff's come uh, is coming up I want to say congratulations to anybody who has succeeded or done anything great in their lives if you got a raise or a promotion if you graduated college if you're going to college um, I talked to my mom this morning as people know on the podcast me and my brother are not talking we're still not talking at this time but I did get word that he um, did go to grad school and he got into grad school so you don't have to talk to your family to salute him from afar so salute to you because um, I'm pretty sure you're still listening even though we don't fucking talk so salute to you for going to grad school man wish you all the best god bless you last but not least be sure to leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on we don't give a goddamn if it's a good review we don't give a flying fuck if it's a bad review we just want to hear from you always remember to inhale courage to exhale success i'm anthony roberts of the reality is and we'll check y'all out next week Tuck up teeth and
As a business owner, your nightmares might sound like this. But advertising on Cats Digital can turn your nightmares into this. Hi, how can I help you? I'll be right with you. You see, Cats Digital is the only true audio anywhere advertising. You'll be talking directly to your customers on any device, any place, and any time while they're listening to music, talk shows, and podcasts. Now that's a great dream. Wake up your business at katzdigital.com. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.